the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live Hour 2. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today as I am each and every weekday from 3 to 5. We get to talk about the issues of the day through a biblical lens, get into the nuance of different things, get into the scripture, and I enjoy doing that with you. And, and you know, one of the most fun days we have, sometimes not always fun, sometimes just super interesting. It's always fun. Should always. It's always, always fun on this show. <laughs> so it is uh, Open Line Friday. Right. It's Open Line Friday. If I click the right button and you get the, the great trumpet sound there, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. And we can talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. I've got some subjects that I'll bring to the conversation. And I see several of you on hold. There are, I think, maybe holdovers from the last hour. We'll go ahead and get your calls here in just a minute. And as we take the conversation, I want to shift gears a little bit. And maybe put this on your mind. And once again, it's Open Line Friday. You can call about whatever's on your mind. If you have um, a Bible question, if you've got uh, a concern that you want to raise about something in your life or something that you're going through, whatever it is that's on your mind, just a comment you want to make, that today's the day for that. 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Here's a question. Have you ever believed something to be true and then it turned out not to be true? I think we've all had that experience, but how did your mind get changed? Maybe something serious. You know, one of the things going on in the news right now is uh, the, the what's his name, Alex Jones from uh, InfoWars. Uh, he just got hit with almost $50 million of punitive damages because of his conspiracy theory that the government made up the Sandy Hook shooting a few years ago, that all that was a lie and that everybody was actors. And uh, the families are suing him, and so far he's uh, down $50 million. It's very serious. He's in a lot of trouble on a lot of different uh, fronts. And, you know, what's more troubling than just one guy saying a bunch of stuff, it's how many people agreed with it, believed in it in such a way that they harassed these families and followed them around. One family said that she had to move 10 times because everywhere she went, there were people coming up to her door, calling her a liar, saying that her son didn't exist, that there was never a shooting, that kind of stuff. It's pretty awful. And uh, nobody should be in that situation. You know, it makes me think, you know, there's a lot of stuff being said out there that it's either not true at all, or we we don't even know if it's true. And, you know, we, we need to be uh, a people where we can't just, we don't just act always on a hunch. We have to go out and get evidence. There's all kinds of crazy stuff, including uh, some some space lunch meat. I'm going to talk about that here in just a minute. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. Judy, welcome to Southern California Live. Where are you calling from, Judy? Oh, hi. Um, El Monte. El Monte. All right, um, Judy, what's on your mind? Okay. Um, I had an abortion years ago, mm. and I regret it. But um 
you know, I, I, this Christian thing, I think we have to get off of it because I w- I'm a Christian and I get it. And yet I worked with an atheist who was in the same shoes yeah. as me. Were you a Christian at the time when you did it? Yes, yes, yes. I knew it was murder. And I still did it. And she herself was an atheist, and she kept her baby. I did it. Mm. Okay, the point is, um, I had a Christian girlfriend of mine who said, oh, go ahead and have the abortion. And she never had one. And there's a lot of stupid girls out there who never had one, but they're for abortion, uh-huh. which makes no sense. And And so what I'm trying to say is, no, of course I regret what I did. Afterwards, I was filled with remorse. I, I even uh, put a grave site for the baby. Mm. Everything. It's been horrible. Yeah. And I, you know, I know I committed the murder. So do I feel good about it? No. But the point is that you got to stop with this. They got to stop with this Christian, non-Christian. It's all across the board. You know, women, many women have had abortions. Yeah. And they, but the ones who've had abortions, you talk to them who are my age in their 60s and they regret it. They mm. do. Yeah. A lot of them do. And those are the ones that are not saying they should be because those are the ones who are repentant and very sorry for what they've done. And yeah, they, they committed a murder. And, and the thing is that what they, we need to do as a society as Christians is help the women who are pregnant. Hey, you know, I'm there for you. Uh, yes. I'll help you, you know, making the decision whether you want to adopt, you know, have your child adopted or, or help you with whatever finances you need. And yeah. that's the thing. Do they th- need support because their boyfriends and they're gone. Do you think and you yeah, would have made a different decision? Do you think, Judy, you would have made a different decision had you gotten uh, whatever support you needed at your t- at uh, that time? I had support, uh, yes, from my sister, but then my other sister was rooting for the abortion, and mm. then um, I got into a, kind of a spat with my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, and then I left. I said, I, said, I see that you guys aren't going to support me, you know, on this, and then, you know, like, I didn't feel supported because he yeah. was happy know issues with me and then you know it was all i was just i wasn't a strong christian well you know what judy what makes a person a christian is their belief in jesus christ and we get grace Mm -hmm. and i hope that you're able to really really receive that from the lord we all need it all of us fall short there's no christian who is a better christian and more saved than some other christian because they made a different choice we all fall short and we get saved the same way by putting our trust in jesus christ No, and I know now. The Lord did show me a miracle that I'm forgiven. But I'm just saying, because that's what it took, because I couldn't forgive myself, because I knew beforehand it was wrong. All right, Judy. But anyways, one more thing. A Sandy Hook thing, I have a good Christian friend that doesn't believe it. She thinks it's all farce. Well, that's kind of where I'm going with that, is that Christians need to get off that page. Uh, I oh, think yeah. it hurts us a lot to be following uh, stuff like that. All right. So, Judy, I appreciate your call, and we love you, and uh, Jesus okay. loves you. And, and you know what? I know your call has helped a lot of people today, maybe who listen to this conversation, who are wondering, you know, am I disqualified from faith because I made this decision? And uh, you're oh. not. No. Uh, so thank no. you. Thank, thank you, Judy. You. Thanks for calling. All right, 888-528-2557. You know, God bless Judy, you know, and uh, you know what? There's freedom also in that grace, freedom to say, you know what? I made these decisions. They were wrong. I, some, in her case, she said, I knew it was wrong. Um, and she also makes a good point that, the, you know, if we care, genuinely care, then support has got to be a big part of what we're about as, 
the church, you know, and in these these areas, there are pregnancy uh, counseling centers and crisis pregnancy centers all over the Southland, and I would encourage you to uh, to support them. Go in and say hi. Uh, you're going to find that there are great stories of grace and of mercy and love, and uh, those centers are being attacked. We had a guest on a couple of weeks ago who talked about that from the center that they worked at. And uh, we need to love people and recognize that this is why Jesus died, because things are pretty horrible. That's why he had to die. That's why God couldn't just say, hey, everybody, come up to the big house. No, there had to be, there had to be payment for this uh, violent world that we live in. And Jesus paid it for us. Uh, he is our receipt. When we get to heaven, the answer is, why should I let you in here? Because Jesus said we can go if we believe that he died for our sins. And he did, and he rose again, giving you hope for everlasting life and grace. And all of these topics, we have to talk about them. You know, it's one of those things, I think, as as a pastor, sometimes you address things and you realize there are people in the room, everybody in the audience who, some people who are hurting personally because they've gone through whatever it is you're talking about, but we have to talk about them. We just need to be aware, you know, uh, like she was she was talking about uh, people pressuring her one way or the other who've never had an abortion or maybe not gone through it. You know, when you go through, you find yourself in a situation of a crisis, whether it be pregnancy or maybe some other area of your life where you suddenly have to make a moral decision about something. You You really find out, you know, why people make those decisions, how they are moved. 888-528-2557 is the number. Let me get to uh, Shelly in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, um, I'd like to speak on the uh, right to life issue here. Okay. Um, yes, uh, you know, the scriptures already. Oh, I think I lost you there, Shelly. Are you, are you with me? I said the scriptures, the Bible, has already dealt with this matter in, from the beginning. Um, when um, Mary was asked to um, bring in the Savior, the God had to come and tell her to ask her would she be willing to bear the child. Uh-huh. Okay? He got permission. Now, uh, So do you think that that uh, gives people a biblical choice to make? Yes, because uh, if, if she doesn't want to intubate a, a, a fetus, she can address it and, and, and you know, you know, I don't, her I don't think it. I don't think that's part of the story there. I don't think that God said, "Hey, would you like to do this or not?" Uh, I think He oh, chose no, her. He said, "You're," He said, "You're you're full not. of grace, and uh, you get to." Uh, no, 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 sir. It's not that way. Um, when the angel came and spoke with her, she explained her situation, okay? And then as he progressed in his um, matter there, well, she conceded, you know, because that was part of her, her uh, All right, Shelly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to the next call on there. You know, I know that some people will say, well, Mary had, you know, a choice and that she would uh, give her consent because she said, uh, may it be done to me according to your word. Um, I would not interpret that as consent, um, meaning that, you know, if, if she was going to say no, I think she would not have been chosen in the first place. I, you know, according to your word is acknowledging the word of God. 
as being true, and I get to be this person. But I, I would not interpret her as saying, yeah, you know what, Lord, uh, not me. I think the Lord would have known not to choose her, and he chooses her. Mary's a great character uh, because of her faithfulness. And there's, I just don't think it, it's that way. I think this is a way that maybe some people have taught this to try to say that uh, there's choice. I, I don't agree with that. But I appreciate uh, your call very much. Jay in uh, Miraloma, welcome to Southern California Live. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Jay. Thanks for holding for so long. Good. Uh, Scott, how do you spell your last name? F-U-R-R-O-W. I was laughing at it at first. The reason I asked you, I was thinking about Pharaoh during the time of Moses in the Bible. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be too bad. I could be Scott Pharaoh. <laughs> I, people have uh, definitely spelled my name and they say it that way all the time. Uh, maybe I can get that funny hat and wear that. Okay, uh, I'm a Baptist minister and uh, been pastoring over 40 years. I, I think about you, and the question is, number one, I want to thank you for the good program that you have. I differ with the person that was there before you, so people differ with me, but you bring a different approach to the program, and I've talked with him any number of times before you took his place. Uh, retirement, retirement. I've been pastoring Baptist faith in South Central Los Angeles for over 40 years. You, I think you said you've been pastoring about 25, is that right? Yeah. Okay, I don't believe, and this is just my belief, and I don't have a Bible verse, maybe you can help me, of anybody retiring, no, a minister retiring. Uh, but of course, you're a younger man, you, you've talked about your family and all that kind of stuff. Uh, how, how do you feel about retiring uh uh, from the uh, active ministry. From active ministry? Like as yeah. a pastor, should a pastor yeah. ever retire? Um, yeah. You know what? I think that there's, number one, nobody is retired from the work of the Lord. All of us are called to ministry wherever we're called, right? Uh, there might be a time for health reasons we simply can't do it. You know, you know, Jay, um, I would I would say this, that what God has called you to do is not necessarily to work at a church. You can be a pastor and do a whole lot. Lots of pastors retire and uh, they go to a different church and they serve. They become Sunday school teachers or Bible study teachers and they're still pastoring. They're just retired from a, you know, a economic standpoint. That's that's different than just deciding you're not going to serve the Lord anymore. You know what I mean? So you, yes, I understand. You left the pastorate at that given church on San Diego, is that right? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I didn't retire. I consider this as a different ministry that I'm called to. Um, but Jay, I appreciate your call. And you know what I would say is that sometimes pastors, I'll give you another side, sometimes pastors need to retire and they don't. Okay, um, good point. Pastors, uh, sometimes they need to retire for you know health reasons. They can't really do the job. And what happens in a church is everybody loves the pastor. And if you've been there a long time, especially, well, people don't want you to go and it's personal. But if you're not really able to do the job anymore, then you're not really helping the church, and maybe God has a different role for you to play as a as a minister. Uh, I know some pastors who who need to retire, and some in some cases it's hard because they don't have any retirement; they need a job. Mm-hmm. Right. Enjoyed your uh, talk with the minister about Vince Scully the other day, and some thoughts that he. Uh, Oh yeah, that was uh, that was um, a great interview. I thought it was really great to hear from um, Pastor Sean Thornton about that. Well, Jay, I would I would encourage you in uh, your situation to really pray about it. Don't feel like if you feel like you need to retire, or maybe somebody that you know that you're abandoning your call. I think God 
always can use us and it's not necessarily in a role where we're being paid or in an a you know American church pastoral context um you can always go to a church and serve and have a bible study and be um supportive of whatever pastor is there um which is a great thing to be able to do as uh, somebody who has been a pastor. You'll always be a pastor, and you'll always be a pastor to the people that um, are part of your flock. You're good on that, and I thank you for your point. I dis- disagree with retirement. That's just me. Okay. But you, you gave me some different way of thinking. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much, Jay, for your call. Thanks for listening, and uh, God bless your ministry. I hope that that's going. 888-528-2557 is the number. And uh, it's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. One of the, uh, you know, story I read in the news, and I asked this question earlier with, uh, with a point, you know, what do you, is there something you believe to be true that turned out not to be true? What does it, what causes you to believe things that uh, are not true? And especially if it causes you to really act and what happens when you find out, you know, they're not true. There's a guy who, uh, a scientist, top scientist in France, who posted a picture on the on the Twitter machine of a uh, distant star taken by the James Webb Space Telescope. Now, the, the James Webb t- Space Telescope was recently launched a few months ago and activated last month, and the pictures coming back from deep space are amazing. And uh, they are showing the, uh, you know, the universe and its glory and some better, sharper pictures than we've ever seen. The scientists are learning a lot. Well, he took a picture of this star. He put it out there on his Twitter and everybody said, oh, what an amazing picture of this star. The level of detail, people said, of this star. He said it's a picture of Proxima Centauri, the nearest star to the sun, located 4.2 light years away from us. And it was taken by the James Webb Space Telescope. And he marveled at the level of detail. And the problem is, is that it wasn't a picture of a star. It was a picture of a piece of chorizo on a black tablecloth. And uh, that's what the picture actually, actually was. <laughs> and, you know, it, he was a joke, but people believed him. And he got massive backlash eventually. You know, eventually somebody says, that looks like a piece of salami. Not not a son. And, you know, but people were deceived. People were remarking, remarking about how great this telescope is and how amazing that is and making all the comments that you would normally make. And yet it was not this star. It was a joke. And uh, he finally wrote, in, in view of certain comments, I feel obliged to specify that this tweet showing an alleged picture of Proxima Centauri was a joke. Let's learn to be wary of the arguments from positions of authority as much as the spontaneous eloquence of certain images, uh, which is a, a strange way to say, I just made this up and you guys thought the sausage was a star. I'm sorry. You know, that's a kind of a funny way of looking at it. But there's a lot of stuff that we believe sometimes that isn't true. That's what's going on with this Alex Jones lawsuit. Alex Jones is a far-right conspiracy theorist, uh, and he's been in a legal battle for a long time because he claimed that the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School that happened in 2012, that terrible, terrible event where all those kids were killed, um, was something that the government set up as a false flag operation, meaning it was all a lie and just an attempt to try to generate support for removing guns and taking away the Second Amendment, basically, is the the idea. Well, the families, the real families of the real kids who were murdered that day uh, have sued him. And uh, he tried to claim free speech that he can just say that kind of stuff, but uh, you can't. Yesterday, he was given a... Um, 
jury verdict of $4 million against him in compensatory damages. And uh, today it was another $41 million of damages that were that the jury gave in punitive damages. And there's more to come. And uh, it's a big deal. And as one caller just said a few minutes ago, you know, why are sometimes Christians believing this stuff? And, you know, I think that we all you know, we hear things and it maybe if it fits something that we think might be true or it plays on our fears, uh, we go there. But I got to tell you something. We have got to me be a people who doesn't just act upon our passions about something, but that can really ask questions that can really get involved in investigating something, whether or not it's true. Because what happened is some of his followers uh, some were Christians, some were not. Some of his followers decided that he's right, that this is just a government conspiracy. And uh, they harassed these families whose children, little kids, were murdered. And to the extent where one of them had to move 10 times and everywhere she went, somebody who's listening to him said, you're a fraud, you're just lying, you're just trying to take away Second Amendment. And uh, it's horrible. It's really horrible. What is it that we can do to uh, be better? What do you believe to be true that may not be true? Or what do you believe to be true? Maybe you're right, but you don't really have evidence, you know, and this this matters a lot. And I mean evidence. Evidence is not somebody else agrees with me. Evidence is I connect the dots and these things start to appear to be true. I was, I was uh, you know, I'll talk about that when we get back from the break. It is Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is that you would like to talk about today on Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Friday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow, your host. It is Open Line Friday. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is that is on your mind. You can also email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Richard writes, uh, is there baseball in heaven? My answer, of course there is. It's a perfect sport. 90-foot bases. You know, they came up with 90 feet. There's nothing more perfect than 90-foot bases and 60 and a half feet for the pitcher's mound. You know, who comes up with that? If it's 91 feet, the game doesn't work. If it's 89 feet, the game doesn't work. If the pitcher's mound is is an inch closer or farther behind, the game doesn't work. It's a perfect game. Of course, there is. His point really is that Vin Scully is uh, calling the games in heaven, and uh, uh, I hope that's true. And uh, if there are games, I wonder if that is what, uh, you know, he might do. I hope that we find that out one day. Uh, all right, thank you for your call. If you got uh, you know Vin Scully he's still in the news, uh, some stories about that you want to call about, uh, go ahead and do that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Let's go with uh, David in West Covina. David, welcome to Southern California Live. How are you today? It's a I'm, beautiful day today. It is, it's David. How humid. are you? <laughs> it is. It's humid. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm in the house right now. I'm, you know, I'm air-conditioned, but I go out, you know, and in and out. Well, it's, well, get, anyway, it's getting I, people I ready for their move to, to Florida. Some, um, uh, uh, no, thank you. I don't like DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead, David. Yeah, I wanted to find out, you know, I was listening, uh, uh, everyone talk about monkeypox, monkeypox. Well, here we go again. You know, um, I'm 65 years old, and uh, I've been around with a lot of people that have died of AIDS back in the early 80s. Yeah. I'm talking about 
successful people right. that have done makeup artists like Elizabeth Taylor, Sade, Michael Jackson. You mm. know, a lot of people, and they've all died. Yeah. And I had to make sure that all my friends were saved. And I've been hurt so much in the church, in the Christian church, that I have been pushed away so much. And I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's just like I, I struggle with the lifestyle, mm-hmm. but I've gone to Desert Stream Vineyard. I've gone into ex-gay ministries. I've gone into uh, H, uh, uh, Homosexual Anonymous in Pasadena. I, I've gone into a lot of ministries. And, you know, and there's a lot of hurting feelings out in the homosexual lifestyle. Yeah. I'm talking about people that have been beaten, abused, and tortured, and, I, and I'm one of those. Mm, I'm but sorry. I have forgiven my father. Yeah, I, I forgave my father on mm. his deathbed. And, and I said, you know, you got to go on. But, you know, when somebody prophesizes over you at the church, and you're surrounded with three to 400 people, and they said, you have AIDS. You know, and everyone looked at me, and I'm like, "Wow!" You know, and I I freaked out. And this you know, happened to like, you. Somebody prophesied this over you. Yeah, was it was it true? I, oh no, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no. <laughs> well, then they were a false prophet, and then he, weren't they? Uh, yeah. Well, see, I didn't know nothing about that, you know, because I was I was Catholic, and then you know I, you know, and then I and then I I it, there was just too many too many stories about the Catholic Church, so I decided to go to the Christian Church, you know, instead. But, you know, um, people still get hurt. You know, you you want to draw near to God, but you get hurt. And I've, I've been pushed four times in the, in the Christian Church, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my personality. I don't know if it's because the way I look. I don't dress up flamboyant. I don't put dresses on or skirts or high heels. Mm. I'll, I'll really be in trouble if I walked into a church like that. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it's like, you know, it's it's like I'm tired of people judging people, you know, and, and it's so sad, you know, because why don't they say that it's for fornicators and people that pa- practice adultery? Sin is sin in God's eyes. It's not a gay sin. God is not saying this is a gay sin. No, I don't think it's coming from the Lord like that. And I just wanted to put that in my heart, you know, because I know a lot of people are out there hurting that are gay, that are struggling, yeah. that are probably, that are HIV, or I know a lot of them that are non-detected, but they're hurting and they need love. And Jesus says to love one another and to not judge and to love your neighbors and to walk in love and that's what i do i even talk to the people that are homeless that even want a hug and i do it i give them a hug because everyone needs love yeah you know david uh, i'm sorry that you've had that experience and uh, i know a lot of people have and you know one thing to you know a couple things i'd say to you is number one you got to pursue christ um, yes. more, you know, and realize that the church, um, is full of sinners. And so the church is going to have problems, right? You want sinners in the yes. church, um, obviously. And, uh, you know what it is, um, you know, one of the things that I think is something the church, I think the church has done better, but the church did not respond well when the AIDS crisis happened. Um, they, no, no, they didn't. And I know there's concern that that could happen with the uh, monkeypox, depending on where that goes. Yes. Um, right. And we need to be 
we need to recognize something, that sexual immorality in the Bible uh, is all of it in the same, that there isn't like levels of it, like this is okay and this is a little bit worse and this is a little bit different. And that's a place where the church, unfortunately, lands sometimes, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, David, I want you to know that you are loved by God, that you were made in oh, his image. Thank you so much. You know, and, and, you know keep you wanna, me in prayer because, yeah. you know, I struggle. I, I know struggle it's a struggle, day, no but, matter what. but the fact that it's a struggle, I think, shows that the Lord's with you and working with you. Oh, thank you so much. And so much. you you keep you know, up that struggle, and uh, you know what? I'm going to have my producer just get your number, and maybe we'll check in with you uh, once in a while, okay? Thank you uh, so if, much. If that's up to you, David. But God I appreciate you, you calling. And, and I, love, for, I love hearing you on the radio. You are so awesome. Well, thank you. I'm having a good time with it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you uh, know the Savior, Jesus, and uh, keep, oh, keep pursuing him. Yes. Pursue him and keep the struggle going. We all struggle with stuff, right? Uh, and it's, a, it's as, as you're talking to me right now, I feel the spirit coming over me. All right, so I, I know it's, he's calling I, us. I, I feel the comfort. Yeah, he's calling us to repent, and he promises us that if we do, he will be with us, and uh, we make progress in this life. Okay, so you yes, keep making do, progress. Sir. Thank and, you uh, focus so on much. Christ. All right, God David. You. Thank you. Thanks for calling Southern California Live, and. Uh, um, you know, there are there are just hard issues, right? And that's something out for for you know, church people. We tend to uh, you know, I don't know, put people on different pillars, right, in different places in in church sometimes, and uh, we can't do that. Everybody falls short. Now we have to in inside the church. We read earlier that Paul says, "Who am I to judge those outside the church? I should judge those people inside the church, right?" So in the church, we are to to with gentleness and respect, you know, call people into repentance and help people. Um, That's what we were supposed to do. There's a place for church discipline at some point if people are unrepentant, Um, if people are, you know, there's there's some reason for that. But, you know, all of us are struggling. I promise that just about everybody, just about everybody in any church you go to is having some kind of struggle with something sexually. What would happen if we just, uh, if everybody's um, internet surfing uh, history just popped up all of a sudden? Um, I bet that there'd be a lot of uh, embarrassed people in church, like most people. There was a study a while ago that said uh, um, that the number one place in some town, it's a town where there's a Christian university, okay, I won't say which town it is, but a big Christian university, that most of the IP addresses that are porn sites that are hit are coming from the IPs at that university, that Christian university. Hello. Um, we need to be very humble in this area. And we have the monkeypox coming up. We should think about uh, the church should have responded much sooner with compassion. There was a lot of fear from, you know, everybody, government, you know, all over the place. There was fear and all kinds of stuff. You know, to the church's credit, it got better when people decided to comfort people. I've done funerals for people who have had AIDS and walked through that that period of time going to the end of life, and it's it's brutal. You don't want that. Uh, hopefully monkeypox will never be as serious as that. But we got to love people. Uh, we have to do that without sacrificing the truth of the gospel, making sure that we recognize that all fall short of the glory of God. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Open line Friday. We're talking about any issue that you would like to. 888-528-2557. John from Whittier. Welcome to Southern California Live. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, John. How are you? Good, good. I'm just driving home. I haven't tuned into this radio station since... Uh 
Is it Frank Sontag was on here? Yeah, well, welcome. Yeah, right on. I think you're his replacement, huh? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm not replacing him. I'm just a different guy. Frank is Frank, and I'm Scott. I can tell. Yeah, I I, I saw how you brought up uh, Alex Jones. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to bring up another side of this coin because um, a lot of people will quickly want to just target him and say that he did this, this, and that, but... I mean, a lot. He, he also pointed out Las Vegas shooting and a bunch of other shootings that do also show that there were like a lot of questionable things, you know. And There's so a lot of questions, happen. but that's that's different than saying it never happened, yeah. right? To say that it never well, happened. Certainly, the yeah, uh, you know a lot you, of what you're, you're going you're, you're going you're going by the media narrative. No, 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 no. I'm not, John. Certainly, things have happened. And when these shootings happen, people use these terrible events for political gain and all of that. But to say that it's staged by the government, that it never that it never occurred, that's why he's in trouble. And it isn't just him. It's that people believed that and acted on the things that he said. See, there's there's a difference between acknowledging that that people have used these things for political gain. It's different to act on something that's completely made up and ruin people's lives uh, because of that. And that's why the evidence matters. That's why he's in a lot of trouble. This is why I'm calling him, because he is alternative news. And the fact that people need to hear the other side of the coin. We're well, just hearing the narrative of the yeah. media. Thank well, you. what I'm going to tell you, John, and thanks for calling the show, is that it's not the other side of a coin. The, the, his, his statements about these things in uh, Sandy Hook, are, they're not on the coin. There is not a this happened or it didn't happen coin. There is a, this happened, that's the coin, it happened. You can argue about why it happened. You can argue about whether or not the shooter should have had access to that gun. If I remember that, I don't have it in front of me, but I think that uh, he got it from his mom, if I remember correctly. You can argue about pro-guns, anti-guns, you know, what we should do to respond to these shootings, but you cannot say that the shooting did not occur that a bunch of government people decided to invent this and all the parents are actors and none of the kids died. Those kids are in graves that you can go visit. Those parents are for real. And it's not the other side of the coin. Yes, there's media bias that's bad. And I'm all for that, uh, for for checking the media, making sure that we understand there is a narrative. There's a lot going on, a falsehood. There's a lot of fake news. But that doesn't mean that just because we're on you know, we hear something else that it's not also fake news and uh, he's in trouble and it's because of his just making up stories to get clicks. And I'm just going to tell you to make a bunch of money. I got to take a break. And uh, what I'm saying for Christians is we can't go there. We need to be discerning just because we're upset that there's fake news. And there is just because that there are narratives that aren't true, that are driving uh, our country uh, you know, over a cliff. And there are, we've talked about a lot of that. Um, we can't go there. We can't go the Alex Jones route on that stuff. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We'll be back as the Friday edition continues for your calls. Stay tuned. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. It is Friday, which means... Open line Friday. We'll take your calls on any subject. And there's a bunch of calls up there. So anything you want to talk about, we'll take your calls. So let me get to them, see if we can get to uh, as many of these as possible. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Chris in Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. 
Hey, Scott, I appreciate you taking my call. Yeah. Um, I believe you've led a uh, a church before, is that correct? That's right, 25 years. Right on. So, hey, can you help me out with something? Um, I want know, wanted to know your perspective on if you were going to allow either a deacon, a pastor, uh, or someone leading a, a small group or something like that. What is your particular take on the drinking situation? Um, uh-huh. I know what the Bible says about that and i just want to know what your perspective is what is the wise decision and how do you not cross that line of legalism about whether or not a pastor or church leader should uh, drink alcohol correct okay thank you chris i appreciate that uh that question um the bible does not prohibit the drinking of alcohol i know there's some people out there who believe that maybe when jesus turned water to wine it was grape juice i don't believe that i mean there's plenty of evidence that people have been getting drunk on the wine they're getting drunk on something so clearly there was wine the bible is very clear that we should not get drunk okay getting drunk impairs your judgment it uh kills your brain cells it's not wise chris used the right word there what is the wise thing to do and so all of us should practice that, whether we're in a leadership role or not. What is the wise thing to do? It is not wise to make yourself an alcoholic. If, you're, if you struggle with alcohol, the wise thing to do is not to drink it at all. Um, <clears throat> you know, the thing is with leaders is leaders have to realize this. It's called the pedestal principle. If you're the leader, people put you on a pedestal, whether they should or not. They're going to do what you do to a little greater extent. All right, so if you are on that pedestal and you're the pastor or a church leader or you're the boss at your company, people are looking to you for an example whether you think that or not. And if you're the pastor and you have a drink, then your people are going to feel free to have a drink. The thing to be aware of is the pedestal principle is they might be free to have a little more than you have. And then their kids are going to look at them as parents and go, ah, we're going to have a little more than you. See, you got to be careful. So leadership, when I was a pastor, I almost never – uh, had an alcoholic beverage and certainly never around uh, church people. There might be times where maybe it would be wrong for me not to because it would change the dynamic of, um, you know, a place I was at where I really need to be a witness. But I wouldn't, not because I think it's wrong necessarily, but because I think it would not be helping the people because I'm called to be above reproach, which, you know, for some people, if they're accusing you of sin, it's not really a sin it's it's wrong for them to do that but at the same time if you're creating a distraction then you know it's better just to not do it uh it's better to just serve the lord and sacrifice that stuff as a leader that's part of leadership is you have to give some things up your leadership role might get you a better parking space and maybe it gets you some more attention but it also means particularly in the church that you got to give some stuff up that maybe you have the total freedom to do You give it up, not for legalistic reasons, as Chris said. You give it up because you want to lead and you don't want to lose uh, what God has given you in that role. So we we never want to be legalistic on that. And just It's not about checking off rule, yes or no. It's about what makes me the most effective witness in my context for the Lord. Uh, You keep the rule, don't get drunk, um, but, you know, you make sure. Some people are in a position where, you know, I mean, you— in fact, I've been in a position, I'll just tell you, where I was out on a double date once with a couple of people who weren't believers, and they were very hostile, really, towards the faith. They ordered a drink, and they said, uh, is it going to offend you if I have a drink? And, and I said, no. And then I ordered uh, a glass of wine. And that melted their hearts. We ended up, and I had one over like four hours, 
we had great conversation and they flat out told me that we probably would not have had a good conversation about spiritual things had you not done that. And we talked about legalism and those kinds of things. That had been their experience. I think in that situation, it was right for me to do that. That's my opinion. But you have to judge those situations and you have to do it in the context of your testimony for other people. Uh, good call, 888-528-2557. David, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. That was a great story. I just said. Anyway, back to baseball. And right. Vince Scully. You know, I grew up with Dodger Stadium and then the Little League, and we'd bring our mitts out, sit mm-hmm. out, hopefully, to hit, get, you know, to catch a ball or something like that. Anyway, uh, the story is that uh, uh, about... Ten years ago, I was working as a limo driver, and uh, we'd go down to LAX, and we'd have our little signs for our passengers and uh, pick them up and wait for them at the terminal. And this one day, I went up. There was like 20 other drivers up there, and I used to like stand in the front, and we were all waiting for the t- uh, passengers to come out. And I looked over at one of the guys next to me, and he said, I said, Vince Scully. I said, hey, are you picking up Vince Scully? And the guy said, who's Vince Scully? I said, you've never heard of Vince Scully? I said, hey, I'll get him for you. Sit back. Hold on. I'll do it. I saw Vince come out. I actually went up to him with my placard, but I wasn't showing him his name. But I said, hey, nice to see you, Mr. Scully. And he said, hey, I said, listen, I got your ride right over here. Just follow me, okay? And I led him over to the actual driver. He says, thank you, thank you. And everybody, all the other drivers in the back who were all waiting for passengers, all looked and noticed. And everybody said, hey, Mr. Scully, hey, Mr. Scully, hey, Mr. Scully, hey, Mr. Scully. That was a funny moment. I'll never forget. That's a great story. Thank you, David, for sharing that. The uh, Dodgers are honoring him at 630 tonight. If you got tickets for the game, get there in your seat by 630 for that. Um, Lee from California. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Yeah, I wanted to um, uh, to, uh, bring up a scripture, but I, I, first, before I get there, I wanted to uh, touch on that Sandy Hook. and That is such a tragedy thing, and I'm glad, glad that you brought that out in so many ways. I, I can't help but to think about the grandparents, the parents, the uh, brothers and sisters uh, who lost loved ones that day. And I just, I'm glad that you stand firm on that. You know, there are also Christians who actually believe that there's a flat earth, you know, so um, some will believe whatever they will, but, you know, I mean, there is a truth in it all. So that's one. The other thing is um, you talked about the, um, or no, the caller of the pastor in L.A. for many decades, uh, you know, how long somebody should serve and whatnot. And I don't know if you've ever connected the scripture. I'm a Jesus freak and a Bible geek, right? So I look at the scripture and I say, well, that's what the Bible says. And I know that the, you know, that the, uh, they do that, you know, the Jews did. So I look at Zacchaeus um, and uh, Elizabeth in Luke chapter one. And, you know, that uh, scripture verse seven says, uh, but they, they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. Well, that's all we know as far as, you know, the scriptures, they were well advanced in years. But then you look at Numbers chapter 4, and that's what I keep doing is just go back to the first covenant. What does it say in the Torah? From Genesis to, to uh, Deuteronomy, there's so much there. But I think it's six times he says in um, Numbers chapter 4, starting at verse 21, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, and then I'm skip one verse and go to verse 23, from 30 years old and above, even to 50 years old, 
you shall not number them. All who enter the, to perform the service of the work of the tabernacle of meeting. So that kind of gives us an idea of what they did for service. Yeah. Um, Lee, I got to get to some other idea. calls. So do you feel like there's a time to retire then? No, no. What you were saying yeah. is correct. What you were saying yeah. is correct. You know, because there's times that you do want to step out. Um, you do just because you're, you know, you're, um, you're done. Yeah. You know? All right. Just Lee. like me and my... Lee, thanks. I've only got a couple of minutes left. I appreciate that very much. Uh, Robert, you got uh, 30 seconds, Robert. Just quick, I just want to talk about the gentleman I called, 65-year-old gay. Yeah. Um, Christians Christians have to, I mean, they become uh, judgmental, you know, and they forget that they have family. I, I When mm. I was a kid, I grew up, I grew up not being homophobic, but I grew up not wanting to be hanging around someone that was gay. Yeah. Then I grew up and I understood that I'm going to get married one day. I'm going to have kids, and my kids are going to have kids. So right along that line, I could have somebody uh, having a, a different preference. So you can't do that. I mean, you have to understand that people are people, and you're right about one thing. A sin is a sin. You can't put uh, a different levels. Yeah, all right, Robert. Yeah, thank you, yeah, Robert, for for your call there. You know, we got to love people, and you know, the conversation's different if it's you or your kids, and it uh, doesn't mean the truth is different. All right, Stephen, real quick, I got like 15 seconds. Hey, I just wanted to say it's my first time listening to your show. I've, I'm a 66 year old who, uh, I heard a little bit about the alcohol, and I thought, I, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. At 66, I had success in the 80s and 90s as a rock singer, I was a frontman. I had everything in the world of the, this world that could offer, and I put everything Jesus Christ back in his back seat, and I put drugs and alcohol and everything else in front. And I'll tell you what, uh, to, to that guy that said, could, "Could you just have a drink?" You you have to set an example for other people. Yeah, And I'm you just do. glad that you you're not drinking in front of other people. And for a guy like me, I need to see that there's other people out there on this planet that don't do drugs and drink. And uh, I've given my life to Christ now. I'm with a I'm in a beautiful church over in Costa Mesa. I'm in a Christian ministry. And That's awesome, you know Stephen. It's never too late. It's never too late, man. Stephen, I got a hard break. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. We are on every day, weekday from 3 to 5. This is Southern California Live. I'm sorry I didn't get to the rest of the calls. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I will be back on Monday, as we are every weekday, on Southern California Live from 3 to 5. Go to kkla.com if you need the podcast of our program. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.